We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. So I'm going to jump right on in this morning. So if you have your electronic device that, uh, that holds your Bible in it, go ahead and get that and go to Matthew 14, Matthew chapter 14. And we will go to verse 22. Matthew chapter 14, and we'll go to first, verse 22. Now, we're going to start reading at 22, but it's important to know that just a, a few scriptures um, before um, 22, this is when Jesus fed the multitude. This is when Jesus fed the 5,000, and he collected the five loaves and fish. You're familiar with this story. He fed the multitude, um, and then they had so much, he had them pack it all up, 12 baskets of the extra, pack it up, and he puts them on the boat, his disciples. All right, it's time for us to go. I'll dismiss the crowd. You guys go ahead and get on the boat. Go up ahead of me. I'll take care of this. This is where we are. We're starting in verse 22. We're in verse 22, but we're in ESV. Go ahead and switch translations to ESV. ESV verse 22. Do we got it? You guys should probably got it quick now because you got that right Wi-Fi. Yeah. Pastor introduced the right Wi-Fi last week, so now we, we got it pretty quick. Okay. 22. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, Is it a ghost? And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And after Peter answered him, and after Peter answered, and, and Peter answered him, I'm sorry, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. I'm going to stop right there. You know, um. This is a popular version of scripture. I think that we have probably heard this preached a lot of different times. I myself have even preached it a couple different times. And this is why I'm so grateful that the word is a living word. That it just continues to speak. And as my life goes on, it gives me different spaces that it can minister to me in different ways because it's living alongside me. Amen? So as I was studying the word and... Um, Picturing like, you know, yes, they, he sent them out on the boat, out on the Sea of Galilee. And that's famous. You've heard that a lot. All right. It's always a scripture. Out in the Sea of Galilee. They're out there on the, the Sea of Galilee. And I'm, I'm reading it. And I'm reading it as I've always read it. 
You know what I mean? Because I read it before. So, you know, when you're looking at something that you already seen, you're just looking at it. You know what I mean? And so I got to the part, and it, I always stop at this part when it says, um, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and they said, is it a ghost? And my question is always, that's your friend. Like, how didn't you recognize Jesus, not a stranger to you. No, it's like somebody, like, I had seen you one time before, and now I'm seeing you in the distance, and I can't really make you out. Like, this is your friend. Like, y'all have been, like, together literally every day for the past couple, however, and I couldn't put my finger on why identifying him was, so why he wasn't familiar to you. And God met me in my pink room, and he said, that's because you are reading it off the page. Get in the boat. So you got to take it off of scripture. So let's, let's, let's get in the boat. And as I got in the boat, it made me really reflect on the text beyond as written. Amen? Because I noticed that it said they were in the fourth watch of the night. And I started to piece my answer together when I could have put it, when I could, you know, sit in it. And the, the fourth watch of the night. Now, they used to, maybe they still do, split the night up in quarters. And then you have, like, watch assignments. You know what I mean? Like, you got first watch, I got second watch, you got third watch. You know, so that they're fourth watch of the night. So this lets us know they're at the ending part of the night. That it's soon going to be morning, but right now it's night. And the thing about the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter of anything, is by the time you get to the fourth quarter of a thing, you are tired. You are tired. I always appreciate plays made in the fourth quarter of a game. Because making a play in the first quarter, you're going to get my applause. Like, that was good. That was a great way to start. But that fourth quarter play, you did that. You pulled that off tired. I have a greater appreciation for fourth quarter. Because by the fourth quarter, you're not running as hard as you were when you started out. You're a strong person, but by fourth quarter, your strength is starting to wane just a little bit. And don't take it away from the fact that I'm still a good athlete and I can still hold my own. But you got to respect the fact that I'm in the fourth quarter and I'm tired. When the night is long like that, it can get hard to see Jesus. It can get hard to recognize Jesus out there because the night sometimes can wear you out. And I don't know about you. But I don't necessarily got a disrespect for the night, but when it's long, you know, it's one of those, like, I know that morning is coming, but right now it's dark, and I'm tired. And God, it's not that you're hiding, and it's not that you're absent, but I can't see you because I'm tired. I have more respect, more understanding of why he wasn't identifiable. And then when you compound it with the fact that the wind was against their vessel. The scripture says it clearly, and the winds were against them. Now, a boat can be a great experience when the winds are in its favor. When you're out on a sailboat, because sailing is, wind is a huge part of sailing. And when you're out sailing and the wind is in your favor, it's a beautifully relaxing experience. Wonderful. You're out on the open sea, just coasting, and it's beautiful. But when the winds are against you, it changes the experience altogether. 
Because now I'm having to fight waves. Every inch I'm trying to get, I'm having to fight the waves because the winds are against me now. So as I'm fighting for just every inch forward, I have the winds that just seem to continue to push me back. And it's exhausting. I could understand why Jesus was a little bit difficult to see. Because when the winds are against you, it can be hard because I'm tired and now I'm worn out. So I thought to myself, this would be different if their obedience, disobedience had put them in this position. But verse 22 tells us immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go. Which means this rough setting that I'm in, you put me here. See, and that made me think of there's a thing um, that a good skipper um, has to have an understanding of wind direction. And it's not about where the wind is going. It's about where it's coming from that matters. And God, you put me here. Let me keep going. I, I could, that's a whole, I could, I, could, I, could, I could preach you a whole nother message, a message on that. But I, I, I came this morning, are we still in morning? Morning. With a message from somebody, for somebody. Because some of you, like me, have been sitting in a long night. And Jesus is getting harder and harder to identify in this night season. So what do you do? When the night has exhausted you and the wind has wore you out and you cannot see God in your present situation, like I know that you're not absent and I know that you're not hiding, but I can't see you. So let me give you some advice. Just think back on the situation in the past to see who he was and where he was then. So that you can respect the fact that I know that you were never not there. Which means I don't have to worry because just because I can't see you don't mean that you're not here now. When you call on the testimony of who he has been, it can make you be more secure in the situation that you are now. So if they could have just thought of the Jesus that he had been. The Jesus that he had been just six chapters ago. Because just six chapters ago, they were on a sea. And he was in the boat. And he was asleep. And the winds and the waves started just going crazy. The winds and the waves started just going crazy while he was on the boat. And he stepped out on the deck of the boat, unbothered by the winds and the waves, spoke to both and said, peace be still. And you said with your own mouth, what matter of man is this? That winds and waves obey him. Or think about the Jesus that just a few verses ago was the Jesus who fed the 5,000 when you said we don't have enough. And he fed the 5,000. In fact, just look back at them to-go plates you got in the back, them 12 baskets of leftovers to prove that you were never not there. Okay, we're talking about they boat. Let's talk about your boat. I'm so glad we know each other so well in this house. Just think about the Jesus that met you on the side of the road, on the highway, as you waited for ambulance to arrive. The Jesus who swatted away death so that when they arrived, 
altar, tucked it under your feet, let you stand on top of it and proclaim healing as you yelled out your testimony. No, I got more. Let me tell you about the Jesus that as you laid vulnerably on an operating table, he guided the hands of the doctors as you had open heart surgery. Let me tell you about the Jesus that became an accountant when after a, over a year of absolutely no resources, he came in and just handled your money just the way that he only can. So when you can't see him, it's not because he's hiding. And it's not because he's absent. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I just believe That this is the reason. Jesus. Jesus. This is the reason why Paul was the candidate of all the disciples. I believe that this is why he was the one that yelled out. Why? Because... In Luke's gospel, Jesus met Paul along the lake of Gennesaret as he was scrubbing his nets after a long night of unfruitful fishing. And he told Peter, I know you ain't, you ain't have a real successful night. I'm paraphrasing. I know your night wasn't that successful, but I need to be able to speak to my people. So can I use your boat? And can you pull out a little bit? Let me get in your boat. And that night, he proved to Peter who he was. And he changed Peter into fishers of men. You've heard that. He said, cast your net, and then the fish overwhelmed the net. And you, you remember that story of Peter. Okay, well, you see, the Lake of Gennesaret and the Sea of Galilee, those names are interchangeably used, but it's the same body of water. So as this boat and this night goes on, as they're surfing along and floating along against these waves, they are on the same body of water where Peter met Jesus in the first place. And Peter was able to say, I may not recognize your form, but I recognize your presence because we've been here before. Me and you, we've been here before. And that's for somebody in this room. This storm ain't new. Night ain't, ain't a new concept to you. Wind is not a new concept to you. Jesus, we've been here before. God, I've had dark nights before. I've had lonely moments before. So I don't have to act out because you and me, we've been here before. You know what? We've never been a touch your neighbor church. But go ahead and find that person next to you and let them know we've been here before. We've been here before. This is not a new season for me. When I really step back and look at it, I'm like, wait a minute. Mm -mm. Night not new to me. Mm -mm. Fighting not new to me. Mm -mm. I've had to stand before. No, you've already proven yourself to me in this. There's a certain act out you're just not going to get out of me. There's a certain complaint you're not going to get out of me. Why? Because we've been here before. I'm not going to handle this the way I handled it before. No, 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 you don't got to worry about that, Jesus, because we've been here. We've been here before. You've already proven yourself to me on this water. We've been here before. But here's the part that got me, and it made me just sit like this as I read it. Because Peter, knowing what Jesus could do, because he's seen him do it before, when he cried out, 
he didn't ask Jesus to stop the wind. Now I'm thinking, this wind has been giving you a fit all night. You are exhausted from fighting these waves all night long. And when standing in front of Jesus, and you already know how he handles winds and waves. You were a witness. You with your own mouth said, who is this that winds and waves obey him? So you know that he could. But when you open your mouth, it wasn't to tell him to calm these waves. Instead, you said, and I like the way that King James says it, bid me to come. You don't have to stop the wind, but let me, call me closer. Call me closer. Call me, call, call me closer in the storm. You know what? Because I want to walk like you're walking. I want to look. I want to walk on. I want to walk through this season like you're doing it. Call me closer. You don't have to stop the winds, but if you're not going to, call me closer. Let me be closer to you. Let me get into your face. Jesus, some of us are waiting for God to prove himself by stopping the storm. And the only way that God can be God to you is when he brings peace to you in the storm. But I dare you today to change your petition. Dear God, if the storm don't stop, call me closer. If the storm don't stop, bless me through proximity. Let me get close enough to you, God, that I can look like you and walk like you through this season. Thank you, Jesus. This is why I'm glad it's a living word, because I don't know about you, but I needed God to remind me that he does not have to stop the wind for me to be okay. That the sun still hasn't come up in this part of scripture. That means even when it's dark, if I'm close to you, I can be okay. I'm going to stick this in here just because it blessed me. I'm going to let it bless you. So most of the time when people read the text, there is a part that where Jesus says, come. And we get really excited about the fact that Jesus spoke, uh, that Peter walked on the word. That Jesus only spoke the word, come, and Peter walked on the word that Jesus spoke. And while that is a very big deal, I am more impressed by what Jesus didn't say. Because in my dark seasons, I am trying to find instruction. Have you been there? Like, I can't hear him. Like, with everything's going, I can't hear. I just need to be able to hear God. Give me direction. Give me instruction. I don't, I, I, I need you to, to speak to me. But Jesus spoke one word, come. He called Peter out into waves that he did not still. He did not calm. And then he didn't say another word. Now that got me. Because then I thought about it. Jesus was like, well, why do I need to? Come on. What more do you need me to say? You, you want to be close? Come on. We want God to say, you got it. Come on. Keep pushing. One foot in front of the other. Yeah, God. You want God to encourage you as you take every single step. Like, I, I'll go in obedience if you keep calling me, but you got to keep calling me. No. Come on. Keep walking until you get the next instruction. Come on. You want it bit by bit instruction. Just come on. Complete the first instruction. Keep coming. Come on. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. Um, 
People like to beat Peter up about the part in the text where it says, let me give you a verse so that you believe it's in here. Um, where, he, where it says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And people, when delivering this message, people sit at the fear that Peter had in that moment. And I don't really think that that's fair. I don't think that that's fair. Um, because if you give credit to his moment of fear, more credit to his moment of fear than you do to the extreme faith that called him out of the boat, then you miss the message in the message. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to focus on your five minutes of fear. Because I don't believe that his five minutes of fear stole his faith. I don't believe that the wind can get credit for stealing Peter's faith. That's just, that, that's, the, that's the perspective I'm invested in. Because Peter obviously still had faith because when he started to sink, he said, Lord, save me because I know that you're still there and I know that you still can. So my faith is not shaken in who you are. So I can't credit the wind for stealing his faith, but it 100% stole his focus. Now, that blessed me because I immediately went back into my boat, into my storm, into my wind, into my dark night. And I know, God, that you're there. And I know that you're not hiding. But, God, when I feel like I can't see you, focus. Focus. I still believe you can do everything that you promised that you can do. I still believe that you are God. I still believe that you are master. Peter still believed Jesus to be a savior. Because he knew to cry out, Lord, save me. He still believed the power that Jesus had. But when the things surround you, that's surrounding you start to distract you, it makes you stop looking at him. And that's where things get dangerous. There is a dependent relationship on a, uh, between a boat and water. A boat's kind of useless without water. It's just parked. But a boat and water have a unique relationship because the boat just sits on the water and just kind of sails, sails through, floats, floats through when the winds behave. And as long as the water that surrounds the boat stays on the outside of the boat, it's still a good relationship. But when the water that surrounds the boat gets inside of the boat, things get dangerous and the boat starts to sink. When you lose focus, the chaos that's surrounding you, the crazy on the job, the foolishness in the house, the weight of the marriage, all that's going on around you, you can still stay afloat. You can still walk on top of it as long as you keep looking at Jesus. But when you lose focus, all of that that's on the outside starts to get on the inside, and that's when you start to sink. I hear the guy saying, focus, 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 focus. Drown it out, focus, turn down the noise, focus, keep walking, focus. Don't entertain that thought. 
Focus. Don't entertain that conversation. Focus. Why are you dwelling on that? Focus. 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 Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.